feel like dancing. That's one of the great things about KBNK. When I have the radio on during the day, the lift up is there, the spirit is there, the harmony is there. It's a land of music in KBNK. And just in case you don't know who this is, golly by golly, you should know by now. It's only a uh, Ten years, once a month, Senior Matters. We are 24-7, aren't we, seniors? We just keep on cooking, we keep on dancing, and we've got the music of KDNK and the community spirit and the weather. Aren't we supposed to be having snow today, Ron? I don't know. I haven't looked. I I I've looked but I haven't looked on our gorgeous snow Sopra's peak you know but it's cool out yeah. there Yeah it's weather it's in the low 40s it's nice Yeah it's nice. a nice In case you don't recognize that voice that's Ron Kokish and he's joining me your host Diane Johnson and we're going to talk about a whole area that most of us are not familiar with. Ron, <clears throat> excuse me, Ron, darling, tell me a little bit about our topic of today. What are we going to be talking about? <laughs> I thought that was your domain. <laughs> well, I thought we are going to talk a little bit about Hanukkah. And maybe get at some of the different stories of Hanukkah um, and talk a little bit about Judaism and the kind of unique role that Hanukkah has in Jewish traditions. Okay. And who knows, maybe we'll even get to talk a little bit about anti-Semitism. Uh, you got it. You got All it. Right. I have a question right off the bat. Uh, eight days Hanukkah is celebrated, and today is the seventh? Yeah, today's the seventh day. So where are you usually on the seventh day of Hanukkah? I'm usually somewhere talking to a good friend like you. <laughs> because it's it's a, a pretty ordinary day, Hanukkah. Okay. So mm. a day, but is eight days. Well, it's eight nights, mostly. Eight, eight nights. evenings. And what does yeah. Hanukkah celebrate? Well, it, 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 it means dedication, and it, it, it celebrates the, the rededication of the Second Temple uh, somewhere about 150 to 170 years before the Common Era. We don't really know the exact date. Okay, okay, okay. Long ago in history. So, the practice of Judaism, how, I mean, as Christians and Catholics and Buddhists, 
you know, we all have our place in our spiritual life and practice a certain way. What are, it's eight days of Hanukkah, and then there's the candle lighting and... Yeah, it's see Hanukkah is a, an interesting holiday for Jews because Jews were very ancient people. I mean, tr- in in point of history, we can trace our existence back thirty five hundred years at least. Um, in <clears throat> traditionally, we go back fifty five hundred years. Okay. But, that's, but historically, we can verify. You know, there was something around that you would recognize as a Jew about thirty five hundred years ago, and. Uh, so we came out of a collection of people in the Middle East who got together in various ways and uh, various times and developed into what we now call the Jewish people. And so we and, and we were a pastoral people. Okay. We lived we lived out on the land and and mostly we did some farming and we did a lot of of grazing of animals. And so we were very tied to nature. I mean, you could put place us very much in in uh, similar to Native American tribes that that Europeans first found here, and so our holidays are all related to mostly related to natural things. You know, we have a holiday celebrates the planting of the trees, and a holiday that celebrates the first harvest coming in, and then the second harvest coming in. Um, so it it's um, and then the other and all of the holidays, all of them are religious because you couldn't. You can't separate civic life and religious life from traditional ancient Judaism. And what I'm hearing also is collectively, not only are you doing something physical to benefit your people, you are also nurturing the land and making it sustainable. You knew... Oh, you yeah. knew what you had to do. Well, yeah, very much so. I mean, yeah. we have, you know, we, you let it lie fallow every seven years, um, you know, and there are certain times you, you um, you know, it, it, the religion tell is really very much a religion bound to nature and and to God, and God and nature are one and the same. Um, that's... That's an incredible statement. It is so broad. Mm-hmm. God in nature is one of the same. And I, and I see that most of humanity believes that. Yeah, and but you know, and and we celebrate miracles at Passover, you know, God led us out of Egypt and all these stories that pretty much mm-hmm. most people know, but Hanukkah is different. Okay. Hanukkah hasn't got a thing to do with God, really. Okay. It is not a religious holiday. You don't find it in our Torah, and all of our laws, all the other kinds of writings are based on Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. Okay. The only place you find Hanukkah mentioned in religious writings is in Maccabees 1 and 2. It's the Christian Bible. We didn't... uh, we didn't put Hanukkah into our Bible. It's something that happened in post-biblical times anyway, about 150 years before the Common Era. Okay. Okay, our, our <laughs> we, were, we were all, we were cooked by then, <laughs> nothing. But um, the, uh, 
the um, Catholic, the Christians, the early Christians, decided to include Maccabees one and two in their version of the Old Testament. Okay. We don't include it in our version of the Old Testament. <laughs> For us, Hanukkah is a civil holiday, not like the Fourth of July. Okay. Okay. Wow, that <clears throat> freedom. You say 4th of July, and I say America celebrates its freedom. Well, that's the traditional story. Yeah. That's the traditional story. I'll tell you that story, is that, um, you know, um, Alexander the Great conquered the known world. And that included the Middle East. And when he died, it was the Middle East was split up into several districts because no one guy was powerful enough to, to assume his throne, I guess you would call it. Um, and a, a group of, I think they were Assyrian people, uh, the family name was the Seleucids, and they um, got to rule that part of the world that was called Israel. And the, uh, well, it wasn't called Israel then, it was called Judea. And they, um, they were pretty good guys. Um, they, you know, they let, just like Alexander, he realized that the world was very big, and they realized the world was very big, and everybody had their own beliefs. And as long as you obeyed the rules and paid your taxes, they didn't really care how you worshipped. And Jews have always kind of been fine with that. You know, throughout most of history, we haven't really had much of a country. I mean, the the age of kings in the Bible is how, how a couple of hundred years at, at most. Mostly Israel has been a, a province, a district, uh, an arm of somebody's bigger empire, which had a lot of, well, we always had a lot of local autonomy, paid our taxes, got along with whoever the boss was. Uh, kind of like states' rights, I guess. Okay. Yeah, but the traditional story goes that for some reason, one of the Seleucid rulers, and, and we don't really know his reasons, is that one of the Seleucid rulers decided to come down hard on the Jews, um, began to demand that Jews give up their way of worship, that they worship the Greek gods. Uh, the, the worst stories talk about them even um, uh, bringing... Um, pigs, which are we're not allowed to eat or have anything to do with, uh, bringing them into the temple and slaughtering them on the altar, and just really pissing off the Jews, basically. That would piss me off. Yeah, that's the traditional story. And so then the story goes that Jews obviously expectedly started to rebel, started to develop little groups of resistance here and there, and then a family called the Maccabees later. Actually, they were, they had, they were Hasmoneans. That sounds like Scottish, the Maccabees. Yeah, well, it's, it's uh, the yeah. Jewish word for hammer and the, the re hammer, and the reason, not Jewish word, the Hebrew word for hammer, and the reason they chose that is because one of, it was, it was a dad and his sons, you know, brothers, a group of brothers, and they gathered a lot of people around them, and they built a strong army, and over the course of some years they, um, they won a series of six battles and and then eventually there was kind of a an eight year standoff after the sixth battle and then they were able to retake the temple and but a lot of them died along the way including 
this, um, like the most outstanding brother, Judah, Judah Maccabee. They called him Judah Maccabee because they felt as a military leader, he was like a hammer. Okay. Okay, so the family got the name the Maccabees, but it, they were actually Hasmoneans was their name. Okay. And they um, eventually, when they took back the temple, it had been, according to the traditional story, it had been defiled. And uh, they had to purify it. Okay. Right? And this is part of the rededication, the purification? So there's a a, a traditional candelabra that has eight candles, and it... um, it, you find that uh, we use that year round. Yeah, it's just a traditional candelabra in in our temples and synagogues, and it had <clears throat> in those days they didn't have candles; they had oil, and they only had enough pure oil for this thing to burn one day. Okay. And the process of making more oil took eight days. And so they said, "What the heck?" And they lit the thing on fire the the evening of the rededication. And said, well, we'll do the best we can to make more oil. And the story goes that this one day's worth of oil burned for the full eight days. And uh, that's a miracle. That's the miracle of the candles, the miracle of the light. And so now on... My mouth is wide open Uh because I'm hearing this for the first time. And it's... It's empowering, you know, knowing it lasted for eight days, the oil did, well, as the story. The story goes. Yeah. Um, and, and so we are, we're, our tradition is to light this. Now, there are a lot of ways you can light a menorah. In, in, uh, in uh, the United States, we tend to light one candle the first night and two candles the second night, three the third night, and... Uh, until the eighth night and then we we say a little short you know one minute prayer of thanks for the miracle of the lights each time we we light it um you can light eight candles every night um in some countries that's done in some traditions that's done in other countries uh they start at eight candles and they and burn them down from eight seven Mm -hmm. the next night six Mm -hmm. the um, we we tend to like lighting one because it kind of gets a little bit more glorious each time when you add another candle, and so the eighth night is the best night when we have the eight candles. It it uh, is akin to throughout the world how we celebrate Christmas. You know, in different countries there are certain traditions. Yeah, and a lot of it is based on their faith. And how they believe, sure. you know. And uh, it is, again, it is all akin to God. Yeah. And, and our spiritual lives. Well, you know, Hanukkah has zero to do with Christmas. And I it really that. doesn't have anything to do with God, at least in terms of God's laws, God's commandments, what God expects us to do. There's just nothing in our laws about it this is all tradition it's civil tradition it's a military holiday really celebrating a military victory 
And, and we don't have a lot of those holidays in Judaism. Israel has them. I mean, if, you know, they have a Founder's Day and a Memorial Day and so on. But that's a national holiday in Israel. It's okay. not a Jewish holiday. The Jewish people who exist have existed all over the world, literally, from from China to, you know, I mean, we, we sailed with the ancient Phoenicians. <laughs> I mean, we had business with the ancient Phoenicians. We've been all over. And... Uh, we don't have a lot of civil holidays. This Let, is about oh, the only civil holiday we celebrate. Let me say something right now to mm-hmm. our listening audience. Ron is smiling mm-hmm. as he's talking and enjoying his own discovery again just by talking about it. He's got a great smile on mm-hmm. his face. Yeah. And Bo's at my feet kind of whimpering, so... Well, it's more yeah. of a wry smile, Diane, because there's another story about Hanukkah that um, historians tell. It's not a traditional story, but it's more what the historical sources that we have tell us. And what they tell us is very, very different. And to me, more believable and more realistic and not so happy. The The other story is that when the Greeks conquered that part of the world and many parts of the world, they really brought a level of uh, freedom of expression, freedom of lifestyles with them. They made the whole world that they conquered much more sophisticated and in the view of, of a lot of the people of the time, much more licentious. They were <coughs> rationalists. Their gods weren't so important and um, it, it was it's what we call this Hellenization, right? They were the, uh-huh. the Greeks were Hellenic, and they Hellenized really the known world, and they Hellenized Judea, and the a lot of Jews really liked that. They they bought into these new luxuries that the Greeks bought, this rational knowledge, almost almost scientific knowledge that they brought, uh, this idea that. You didn't have to be any one way. You could adopt other people's ways of living, learn from them. Um, and as you can imagine, as as more and more Jews in in that part of the world took on these Greek ways, became Hellenized, began wearing togas, began shaving, uh, they began taking, you know, going to the baths, nude, and so on that the conservatives among them were outraged and frightened because this wasn't what their God wanted. Uh, It was totally sinful to them. And eventually that came down to civil war, Mm. almost civil war. Mm -hmm. And the, the Greeks who were in charge but a minority came down on the side of the liberals because they were the liberals. They were the ones right. who had brought this way of life. Right. Right. And I suspect the conservatives weren't as good for business as the liberals. <laughs> and so they came down on the side of the liberals. Now, if you and I were living in those ancient times, we probably would have been on the side of the liberals. And I, th- I know I probably would have. Yeah, I'm here. I'm yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. 
And we lost that war. Okay. The, cons- the conservatives won. Okay? Okay. And I- I- imagine, uh, you know, after Reconstruction in the South, the, the Ku Klux Klan gaining power and really winning back most of, of what they had lost on the battlefields. And that's what happened. The, the conservatives took power. And if you were a liberal, you were in trouble. You, you, know, you had to go, at least pretend to go back to the ancient ways and not work on Saturday and say certain prayers at certain times. And, uh, and if you didn't do that, you were in big trouble. Mm-hmm. So Big trouble. So what does big, big trouble entail? Well, you probably would lose your livelihood. Okay. You might you might be whipped or something. I don't okay. I don't th- know that they had capital punishment. I really don't okay. know that. But that's kind of um you know, to the people who were thought they were progressives and making a bigger world where everybody could practice their own religion in their own way More and think their own thoughts and speak their own thoughts. Yeah. Uh that was a big setback. That rededication of the temple was a really big setback wasn't so happy at all. But it sounds, on my end, and listening, it's like, that's better for us. That is better for humanity. That well, Jewish humanity. Well, you know, I mean, we're still fighting about that now, right? Ah, <laughs> there you go. Um, there you go. And, How many years? Well, at least 3,500. Yeah, I think part of the secret of how we as a people have been able to survive all over the world without a piece of land of our own, we've been a nation without a piece of land for 3,500 years until 1948. Now we have a piece of land. I'm not sure we wouldn't be better without it, to be honest. We might be better off without it. But, well, we have it, and we're fighting for it. But, uh, you know, for for... Thousands of years, well, since since two hundred years, have about about uh, roughly two thousand years, we've been a nation without a a country, without a piece of land. And one of the ways we've done that is by being so diverse and so adaptable. There's this Jewishness at the core, and then there are these very liberal people like me, who you know our families intermarry and we're interracial and. And then there are these very religious people um, who maintain the old ways. And I think that's kind of what has, has helped us. You know, the, 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 the liberals like me are Judaism's tentacles into the wider world that we have to exist in. And the people, uh, the, the Orthodox Jews who really maintain much more the old traditional ways are what we look back towards and keeps us Jewish, keeps us from disappearing altogether. There are, all of a sudden, my mind went to a place where these Jewish tradesmen, and this is somewhere in Europe, are the diamond cutters of the world. They are all Jewish, and they are cutters of diamonds. Well, um, that trade, because they're so qualified and so skilled. And where I got into that was <laughs> contemporary businessman. You know, we've always 
you know, there's been all kinds of things that uh, have been historically said about Jews. You want a good attorney, you go to a Jew. They give you the best, you know. Um, yeah. In my in my life, there's always been a Jewish family, always been a Jewish community. You know, I thank God that I have been and have had that opportunity. You know, and you know what? Mm-hmm. We have a few minutes. Anything that you would like to say to our Roaring Fork Valley community? <laughs> oh, um, no, there's nothing I particularly want to say. There, I, I can mention that we have um, the, what we we are calling the Down Valley Jewish Families and Friends. Okay. Um, we just had a big Hanukkah party at the fire station. We had um, over 100 people. Wonderful. And we had a waiting list. We had to turn some people away because, you know, we couldn't break the fire codes at the fire station. <laughs> um, but it was, it was really wonderful. And that community here in Carbondale is supported by the Aspen Jewish Congregation. We're affiliated with the Aspen Jewish Congregation. Um, and it's really, and, uh, you know, we just, we're grateful for that. We're seeing, I think, a real resurgence of Judaism um, here in in the Carbondale area and in the whole valley, um, partly because uh, anti-Semitism is becoming more rampant. And our our best defense is for people to know us, for us to stand strong together, but not just together with other Jews, but together with. Uh, our friends and neighbors who are not Jewish, so it's Aspen, it's Down Valley Jewish families and friends. Yes. Not everybody at yeah. that party was Jewish. Yeah. That, that's so good. I didn't go. Mm. You didn't? No. Maybe next year. For sure. Or maybe Passover. We'll have another big one on Passover yeah. and some smaller events in between. I had the pleasure of living in a small Jewish neighborhood in Detroit, Michigan. Uh-huh. And conservative, orthodox, and reform. And me as a Christian and my neighbor as a Catholic. And guess what we were doing in that neighborhood? We're all having babies. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And with that, ladies and gentlemen and Senior Matters listeners and friends of Ron Kokish and the members of our Jewish community enjoy. And to my Christian community enjoy. And guess what I'm going to do? Enjoy. This is Diane Johnson. I almost said that correctly with Senior Matters. I'll be talking to you next month. Happy holidays. Let those bells ringle jingle.